money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. Well, I'm not sure I'm ready to talk money this morning. I know. I don't. Is, we're going to have to be really careful how we talk about this subject today. It's. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm kind of excited about this this topic. I'm t- excited about today. So let me do the housekeeping yeah, stuff first. If yeah. you're new to the podcast, this is the the show where Reb and I talk about the hard issues of money, uh, really uh, practical and spiritual about how money and our relationship with God and all of that interact. So this is, this is the show where we're talking about money. Uh, we are so glad that you've joined us. If you're uh, a longtime listener, we thank you so much for joining us and, and yeah, pull up a chair. Let's grab a coffee. Let's just sit down and start the conversation. As is pretty typical of of our our conversations together, Reb and I haven't got it figured out. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you've been listening a long time, you probably have got this uh, recognized this that Reb and I haven't got it figured out. But we have these questions, and and we thought, what a great format to to be able to just ask the questions and to work through the scriptures and to do that practically and and all of that. So we love your feedback. We love, you know, sending email to info at more than enough or or reaching out to us through the, the various means that you do and just asking questions and giving us comments and feedback. And, and of course, when we're face to face, I always love the conversation too. So uh, let's jump in, Rep. Okay. Pretty so cool. So this is a discussion that we're still discussing based on um, a scripture in Hebrews 13, which we have talked about before. Um, we talk about it with our clients. Um, we talk about it at Unleashed in our workshops. Um, but we've read it. Uh, Dave read something in a book the other day um, about money, generosity, riches, And um, we're going to dig in. So I'm going to read the first six verses of Hebrews 13. And I have my Bible actually in the studio today. So um, not just uh, my phone. And I have the New King James. So David may pull it up in a different version yet. But let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Remember the prisoners, as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? All right. So, and the revelation in, in a sense, reading this, this chapter to me, which I'd never connected those two things when the writer of Hebrews, so he's giving some last exhortations here, and he basically says he connects the marriage bed and coveting. And, and okay, we could get that. I mean, 
back in Exodus, it says, you know, don't covet your neighbor's wife, you don't covet his donkey, don't covet. So, so there's a connection back in, in, in Deuteronomy in the, in the Ten Commandments. Exodus. Oh, sorry, Exodus. Well, I think it's, and it doesn't matter. Back in the, in the Ten Commandments that, that, okay, don't covet these things. But the writer, the Hebrew, really connects this idea that, you know, we accept that you know, we, we aren't going to talk about coveting your, your, or that the marriage bed being undefiled. And we're not going to, you know, we, in, in our Christian community right now, we get it, you know, Hey, if there's somebody who's sleeping around, we're going to address that. Uh, if there's somebody that's, um, you know, that's doing something sexually, that's not right. There's purity there. Okay. But, but the reader, the Hebrews connects then, Oh, well, what about coveting your neighbor's stuff? What about coveting, you know, his car, his boat? What about, uh, you know, their their holidays and where they get to go on holidays? And then, you know, again, got to thinking, so what is the conversation in the lobby of the church when we're at church, right? What is the conversation? Well, the conversation often is, you know, hey, what am I going to do? Oh, well, I'm going away for a week this summer, or we're taking the kids here, or we're, we're going this, or we're doing that. And we think, oh, I'd really like to do that. And, and that's, in a sense, the beginning of, of coveting, right? So it's the thought. But, and so today I was like, oh my goodness, I've never really put as much weight on coveting my neighbor's stuff as I put on coveting my neighbor's wife, right? You know, that sexual or that, that marriage part. So when you were reading the quote, because one of the things, um, and unfortunately we forgot the book and we would have read the quote to you, but I'm going to have it in the show notes, I think. Um, one of the things when you were reading it and the point the author was making was that um, we are open with our marriage bed and sexuality. So there's all kinds of sexuality and promiscuity out there. And where we see sexual sin in the church, like we we see adultery and fornication and all that. Um, and not that we're okay with it, but there's this openness there when and then the next verse it talks about our 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 coveting and that we should be content with what we have because God has said, I will never leave you or forsake me. Mm-hmm. And he has said, and the psalmist says, I think, I think it's the psalmist, he quotes, you know, the Lord is my helper. Um, and, and it's this reminder that instead of coveting, we have the Lord. But the idea I think that we started talking about was I've never thought of we're open with our marriage bed, which he tells us not to be. And we're closed fisted with our money, which God says we are not to be. Right. We're, we're to be open handed with our giving and generosity and our money stories and our, our, our finances. And it's, it's flipped. Right. So instead of having our marriage beds undefiled, where we're, no, this is a closed box. This is Dave, you and I are closed. No one else enters in this space. Mm-hmm. We have it closed. We clench our fists around it and say, this is not for anybody else. Mm-hmm. And yet, um, and then, and, and then with our money, we are to be open. But the writer of that quote had actually said, we've kind of flipped it. We're mm-hmm. open with, and God is saying here, 
don't be that open with your marriage bed, please. It's yeah. undefiled. Yeah. It's for just you and your spouse. Yeah. And then he's he's not saying it necessarily like that, but the author had made the link that we need to be open, more open-handed with our finances. And that includes what you just said, discussions around money and are we coveting? So before we go any further, there's some stuff I learned about coveting. And there's a guy named Dennis Prager. What? You, know, you mean coveting is not a common word that, you know, we I don't all... know. I, I don't, you know what? I don't know if churches talk about it. You guys who are listening can tell me. I have no idea if we talk about coveting. I know there's coveting. I have in one of our sessions we do with Unleashed. So if you've been through our sessions, this will be familiar. You know, I have this list of um, definitions, what lust is, envy, greed, coveting, jealousy, See, coveting is 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 like to me the head of the pack. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just saying, Dennis Prager is a communicator and Jewish scholar. Some of you may know him. There's a university he runs, um, and he has this brilliant um, uh, teaching for a couple of minutes on YouTube that I found about coveting. And he says that coveting is more than just wanting something. There is in and of itself nothing wrong with want or desire. So let's say you're, you go see a nice house or you see a nice car and you think, oh man, I'm going to work for that. I, one day I'm going to have a nice house and I'm going to start saving for it. That's not coveting. That's just like being motivated, being spurred on. But when we're coveting something, we're specifically wanting that thing that our neighbor has. So you want your neighbor's boat or car or um, my neighbor just got a really nice old white Corvette. It would be wanting that white Corvette. And the interesting thing about the Ten Commandments, which Dennis Prager talks about, is coveting is the one, um, as far as I understand, according to what he says, is the one thought uh, law. Mm-hmm. So all the others have to do with our expression and action, but coveting is the thought, thou shalt not covet. And he goes on to say that coveting leads to adultery, murder, mm-hmm. uh, stealing, and there is one other one, but it's behind some of the other Ten Commandments. And I... It, I think it's something worthy to talk about. Then we've got envy and greed, which the New Testament writers talk about often enough. And I think envy and greed and jealousy are like uh, cousins or mm-hmm. descendants of coveting. Like right. they're not, you know, I can envy somebody and say, oh man, they get to go on a Disney holiday every year or what, whatever the thing is. And we're envious and we're thinking, oh, I've just lived this miserable life and I have nothing and whatever. Right. You know, that's related to covening, but it's, it, it, it isn't the same thing specifically according to these definitions. Right. But in this context of Hebrews, don't be covetous. Be content with what you have. His answer for coveting is contentment. And I love what the, the writer says because he, he puts that little uh, kind of, I guess, the word in, let your conduct be without coveting covetous or without without coveting and, and i think you know there just there's an action connected well you think to that, about right? the, the conduct of coveting yeah. is lying stealing adultery yeah. it is having an undefiled marriage bed like or a defiled marriage bed you've opened your marriage bed up mm-hmm. because you've been coveting and want your you want your neighbor mm-hmm. or your neighbor's wife as it says in exodus i like 
I know I'm hoping that we're communicating this clearly because I think there's something that we're on the verge of with understanding this, that our marriage beds need to be protected, but our finances are one God gives us these finances and resources. And we come back to him and say, Lord, what do you want me to do with them? I'm open-handed. I'm inviting people into my home and they're struggling financially. How can we have a fruitful conversation about money to encourage them that this, instead of saying it's none of your business, I'm going to close off my money story from my neighbor because they don't, I don't want them knowing my stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and, and we often have said, the money conversations in the body of Christ are kind of like pornography conversations. Nobody wants to have them because they're shame and embarrassing. And, and, and yes, it's true on both counts. Mm-hmm. We get it that that's not easy to talk about money fruitfully and well. It's not easy to have open hands in giving when it comes to our money. But I, I read like, reading these verses in the context and then you read it from the first verse of um that chapter and it says let brotherly conduct and love be the driving force of everything and that's the context for the next verses so you know be remember the prisoner um be hospitable Mm -hmm. don't covet so that you keep your marriage bread protected. Well, and I think that, you know, that whole coveting thing also leads to, um, you know, and, and this is really important because I think relationship, uh, you know, we talk about re- um, money and and there, there's some real relationship landmines that can happen in a conversation between a husband and a wife, between friends, between neighbors, right? So, you know, looking at that and going, you know, let brotherly love kind of be the overarching part of this conversation and recognizing that, you know, covetousness, like, uh, you know, coveting doesn't really have a place here. And yet we Mm. need to be vigilant. Yes. Because, because it is so much part of, of well, the nature our, yes. of who we are, right? Like, and, it's, and we it's really, in there. and comparing, where does it start? We start comparing our life to someone else's. So in Unleashed, that's actually what we have three C's mm-hmm. comparing, coveting, and contentment. So it's, com- I believe coveting starts with comparing ourselves to others. So, and I don't have what you have, and I want what you have, and I'm going to go after it and get it at whatever cost, and I'm actually going to take it from you. And it didn't take long for that to get into our souls. I mean, look at Cain and Abel, right? What did that whole oh, scene yeah. start with? Yeah. That whole scene started with Cain going, well, how come you didn't accept my gift like you did Abel's gift? And And again... Uh, you, well, you don't there, have to you don't have to go yes. far down that road to see that it ended up in Abel being you know and God actually speaks into that and says listen because you know, Cain killed Abel you didn't finish uh, that yeah right. well yeah, I, yeah. but God speaks to Cain and says listen like y- you just keep doing and and your sacrifice is is good too right like uh, again I should pull up the scripture but but God actually challenges Cain back on that. Well, hey, don't compare yourself to your to to your brother. It's okay, right? You got to bring your gift with the same. I'm uh, again. I'm trying to say, pre- use language was, that's well, not compared. And he didn't. And he he asked him where his brother was because he went and it, the Cain's. I mean, that's a whole story mm-hmm. we could get into. But Cain's sacrifice wasn't acceptable, and there's all kinds of. Um, discussion around why it wasn't what was that but what was that about and then Cain in his um 
anger or coveting or comparing or jealousy um, kills his brother. Mm-hmm. And then God calls him to account for it. And um, anyway, that's a whole story. But that was one of the first ones we see in the story of God uh, about what coveting and comparing and jealousy does. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that you or I are going out and, and doing harmful things to our neighbor, but what's in our heart Really, what is in our heart? Because the answer, God gives it. Do not let your conduct be without covetousness and be content with what you have. Mm -hmm. Contentment is this place of satisfaction with with all that we have. I mean, Paul wrote about it. I have learned contentment. I've learned to be content with much or with little. And I think that's, those are verses in Philippians 4. Mm-hmm. And you can go read there, those verses 10 to 13. But but contentment is is the focus. It's then. like the antidote, right? It's the antidote. Yeah, it it's like is. we want, we talked about vaccinations. We need a contentment inoculation. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, we, like if we're going to get inoculated with something, let's get an inoculation with contentment. You know, when those voices come in your head where you're going to be disgruntled, just it takes effort. But yeah. just give praise to God. Be grateful for something. Pick three things. So, and contentment and gratitude and generosity. You talk about the cousins with, with coveting. Yes. But, but these are all the, the antidote cousins, cousins, if you will, to say, wait a minute. Yes. Okay. So the antidote is, is that, uh, you know, I need to have, have contentment and I need to, I need to, to work that. That's, that's anti me. That's anti Dave. You know, the spirit of God fills me with contentment and that is God. And, you know, my natural natural is to covet but that's my natural default and so but god again comes into into my life and into my and begins to transform me into that new creation that he's doing and this is part of it is as he says well you you first of all you're going to as paul says dave you're going to learn contentment right there's a there's an exercise there's a learning here there's a process well, because here. paul said i have learned to be content because, and we can take that hint that it just doesn't come at a you know a, a flip of a switch but that there is a process and give yourself grace to learn contentment and gratitude and generosity those are cousins and you, again we get to learn that as the spirit of god uh, uh, you know, in kind of more and more invades our hearts and our finances. And it, it does take intention. So the other part of the verse is be content um, with such things as you have, mm. for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Mm. You know, someone's always going to have something different than you. They're going to have a different wife. As it says in Exodus, you know, what? what is the list in Exodus? Someone's going to have a different house than you. They're, they're going to have a different wife. I mean, in the context of Exodus, it says a male servant or female servant. Well, mm. we may not have those, but we may have 
I, I was just thinking of my kids, you know, we, we have kids. so they. I can was just, thinking <laughs> of some people might have the robot vacuum cleaner. Oh, yeah, ro- and some somebody, people might, right, right, right. You know, you know, I have kids. Shoot, I got I ha- one. I got a broom that I have to use. But hey, you got the robot one. Right? Right? I know so. the years that we were trying to have children. And um, mm-hmm. you many of you might not know that there was a number of years where we had trouble conceiving. And, you know, it was I had to make sure my focus was on the Lord and mm-hmm. and on because you, you get side tr- because every person you see is pregnant. I mean, not guys, but you walk down the street and all you see are pregnant women. I don't know if you guys can all relate to that, but you know, you want a brand new car. All you see is red Corvettes that mm-hmm. you want. You know, um, you want a brand new house that's bigger than yours. Then all you see is big houses that you can't have. Like the f- the enemy does that to us but our brains also get fixated and the question then is what is our focus and the and the lord says the answer is contentment but we can be content because he has said he is with us so our focus is really on him and it is a practice it is a daily practice of of reflecting on him on walking with him of you know, Paul said, pray without ceasing. Well, what does that mean? That keep means we're keep stepping back into his presence. We're keep um, reminding ourselves of who he is and what he's done. And, and yeah, you think, well, how can I work and constantly be thinking about God? I mean, God is with us. And mm-hmm. as we practice presence of God, as we practice time with him, that contentment replaces um um, comparisons comp- replaces and, and I want to you know again I want to reiterate a little bit that you know we are we are living in a, a culture here in North America where you know all of the marketing media advertising essentially there is a, a a messaging there that is breeding discontentment because you know that's what marketing is I mean again this isn't like a you know, a fault of somebody who's got a widget that they want to sell. They just want to sell the widget. And that's how economy works. I totally get that. But if you take a step back and you say, uh, well, if I didn't have um, some of these uh, ways to, to see the rest of the world, and this is where you know uh, the 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 internet and the the marketing and the and the, the constant um, the constant advertising coming into us is telling us that we need a whole bunch of things that that we don't really need. But the 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 point of advertising is to create a perceived need, and so then when we do that, that 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 just breeds coveting it it just is part of that and so you know one of the practical things you can do is if you're feeling the weight of that is to shut down some of that technology and and not because you you know you can do it for a shorter period of time maybe a longer period of time but but to navigate that to recognize that there is an atmosphere of coveting that is in our culture when we look at marketing and when we look at, you know, going into, uh, you know, all the voices, if you walk through a mall, you're going to, you're going to see a thousand voices saying, Oh, you need this. And this is on sale and you better get it now. And, and again, we have to learn to navigate that in the context of our culture right now. And it's, it's hard. It is difficult. And one thing I'm thinking of too, um, some of you may be listening thinking, well, that's easy for you guys to say, you guys own a business, you have kids, you have a house like and and I will acknowledge there is a privilege um that we have just because of who we are the family we were born in um the immigrants 
our immigration. Um, you know, a hundred years ago, interestingly enough, my family immigrated on both sides from the Ukraine because of, mm-hmm. of the re- revolution that was happening and Canada became a safe haven for them. Mm-hmm. And that was a privilege um, that I have as a descendant of them um, that I'm living here and not in the Ukraine today. So I recognize that it, it may feel like it's easier for us to say, oh, well, be content. You know, God's good. We know that there are hard things happening for many people, but mm. we also recognize the fact, and we've seen it in our own lives when we haven't had income over the years, when we we have been having to press into God and say, you know, is this, is this more than enough journey where you have us right now? Because it feels hard. Mm-hmm. Um, uh at least, you know, those were places for us where we had to lean into the Lord and and have contentment when it seemed other people around us, other businesses were doing better than ours. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody else had this or that or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had, I've had, I will say I, I've had my seasons of of struggle with with jealousy and envy and 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 comparing things is a big thing in my life you know i comparisons just ever with me and i'm learning in this season to be content yeah and i, and I think because again. the lord has promised he is with me and as i keep pressing in and and seeing the gold and silver mm-hmm. preciousness of being walking with him through my life like there's there's no dollar value to that well you nailed it i was just going to say and and you know it is about shifting focus and putting the focus on christ going to isaiah 55 you know and 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 putting your focus on christ it, you know and saying you know that's you know, all the marketing, all the atmosphere, all that around us, it, it's pushing in on us. We, it like is. It is. It is. And so what do we do? Well, it's, it's what you just said. Is we have to turn our face towards Christ and turn our face towards God and say, Lord, you know, just help me to, to turn that all off and to just focus on you because God says very clearly, you know, through scripture, that's his desire. It, it is, it is what he wants for us is to be one with us, is to, to, mm-hmm. to be in communion with us mm-hmm. with no competition, mm-hmm. with, an, with no other voices. And in that place, he's saying, and I will provide everything that you need. You know, and well, this is and, Matthew six, and we're going to leave it with there because we're know. we're getting there. But Matthew six, seek first his the Lord, his kingdom, and his righteousness, and then all these other things, we'll all the other things are added. And yes, of course, love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, th- those are the verses in Matthew six, but but that's what God is saying is it's like my desire is to capture your heart from mm-hmm. all these other things that are being presented to you. And how do we do that in the context? It's an everyday choice to, 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 to turn yourself, to turn off some of that stuff, but to then to turn yourself and say, I'm going to be content in what the Lord has given me. And who and he who is. And who he is. Yes, And of Paul says, I'll, we'll leave you with these in, in Philippians 4, I have learned um, to be content um, in the Amplified, it says, I've learned the secret of facing life, whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having an abundance or being in need. I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. When we can't do it, the context for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me is the issue of contentment. Mm-hmm. We can be content 
because we do it through Christ. He does it. He strengthens us for contentment. Mm -hmm. That's the context of that verse. So go back and read Philippians 4, 10 to 13, and discover that we can't do it. It's Mm -hmm. him in us that even gives us the contentment. Lord, I just thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. I thank you that Moses said, um, when you said, well, you just keep going, Israelites, and Moses said, we're not going unless you go with us. So, Lord, we are so glad that you go with us, that you don't leave us or forsake us, that you promise us um, your presence, and we are so grateful. And will you help us, Lord, shift from coveting and comparing to one of a life of contentment and peace in you? In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us this week. And uh, we hope that we've just spurred you on to a deeper and greater relationship with the Lord in the area of money. And join us next week when we talk some more. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.